It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Golatza, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. And joining me, as always, is Manu Vets. Manu, how has your week been? I can only imagine, as always, busy. <laughs> hey, what else should I say, Bryce? I mean, you know what's going on right now. <laughs> yeah. like, no, I've just been hanging out. No, I'm not really doing much. I, I just wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't believe you if you were saying that. Because um, I think even over the summer when we uh, seen when supposedly football stops, it didn't stop, did it? It didn't stop at all. Um, uh, just like, as we say about El Trey, you know, they became a, a club side. We keep saying that. But, uh, yeah, there was many, many things, transfers and everything going on over the summer. And, and now you've got, uh, well, Champions League, Europa League to uh, deal with as well. Yeah, oh, well, it's this. Where should I start? Because we have so much going on right now. Um, of course, Chris is, is busy for us in, in London and, uh, SIU, right? Because you're going to be on Thursday. Uh, you have, yeah. have a game on Thursday that you're going to cover for us on Twitter, I guess, and Instagram. So that's Arsenal Köln. And then, of course, Chris was at Chelsea Karabach today. Um, so that'd be Tuesday. And then he's back in London for Tottenham Dortmund. And, um, then over on Twitter, we covered all the teams of our region in like a conference that, that was today as well. Uh, live blog previews. Uh, I think I said to you before this, this podcast, I have nine more previews to post after this, <laughs> after this podcast from uh, yeah, all, all the different that's people all. that are writing for football grad. <laughs> so it's a lot. <laughs> So, well, as one of those contributors, I just hope I haven't given you too much work to do. But um, they're all corrected. Yeah. Everything is corrected. It just needs to get posted. And uh, thankfully, you know, Chris does a fantastic job with the with the images. So it's really just me putting them all up, making sure it all looks good. But you know, it's 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 work, but it's also fun. You know, we get to cover um, football really in in some of the most fun locations. I'm being back in Vancouver and. We got those Champions League games and uh, Major League Soccer. We got Liga MX. We got Bundesliga. We did a Bundesliga podcast yesterday, uh, previewing some of the games that are taking place this week. So that's that was is a lot of fun. So you know, like it's it's busy, but it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. Well, it's a, it's a great time to be a, a football fan, isn't it? Um, I mean, we've got uh, football going on just about uh, everywhere at the at the moment, and yeah, football. Grant, um, yeah, everyone check in for any previews or, uh, well, I suppose updates are on the, the, what we would say are the best leagues and the most interesting leagues in the world. But, um, let's talk about, uh, one of the most interesting, uh, leagues in the world in Liga MX. Let's get onto the focus, uh, of things. Uh, we, we did have a question online, um, rather big personnel, uh, 
in the football world anyway yeah put a question out uh this week on on twitter saying uh my friend is moving to uh to uh mexico uh mexico city that is uh which side should he support uh, in liga mx and i think he was open to uh, any suggestions but um obviously that that means that we should probably address the uh well Mexico City teams. Um, Manu, who would you pick or who would you suggest uh, why or why not um, somebody should support a particular team? Yeah, you know, I think it's always hard telling someone you go and support that team, right? And uh, I think what you should do, there's three options, right? There's Cruzazul, there's Pumas, and there's uh, America. And you know, I tend towards Pumas. Um, I don't call myself a hardcore fan, but I do, do like watching, no, well, do like watching them is maybe a bit much. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but you know, they all have, they have three very different backgrounds, uh, three different histories, um, three different standings in, in Mexican football in general. And it is three very big sides. You know, we, we talk about, we talked about Cruz Azul in our last podcast. Um, quite a bit with Jason, right? Jason Marquitz and, uh, you know, Cruz Azul. I think, you know, what is a good comparison is you look at, you look at sort of at class structures and Cruz Azul are like the working class team. They're the team of the workers. They were founded by a company, you know, um, massive, massive company. They call it a machine, La Machina. Um, they're playing an old stadium. Um, that's going to be sadly torn down. They, they're moving back to the Azteca in 2018. Uh, they're owned by the Cooperativa Cemento Cruz Azul. They haven't won anything, uh, no Liga MX title anyway, since, uh, what do you say, 1997, right? But they're yeah. still a massive side. They have won two CONCACAF Champions League titles. Um, little bit like, you know, I like the fact that they have that blue machine, uh, blue locomotive, um, you know, and that's what their name is, the, the celestial machine and the colors yeah. of blue. So, you know, if you, if you find yourself in that kind of background and you'd like to be in that kind of environment, then, then that is your team. Then you got Pumas, you know, founded as a university team, still are owned by the university. Um, a very interesting setup that you don't have anywhere else maybe in the world. I know in some other South American leagues, they have that where teams are owned um, by the university, but the players are not students. So it's not like the United States where the colleges select players and, um, you know, college football is a good example for that in the United States where, 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 the, where they have these college student athletes, varsity athletes, and they're only eligible to play for university if they actually take courses there and uphold a certain university standard, right? Uh, this is not the case here. The team is owned by the university. It represents the university, but the players are fully professional. Um, but at the same time, you know, it means that UNAM, the university, that's the one of the biggest university in Mexico. It's massive. I mean, when I was in Mexico City, you know, I think I was told they have a student body of over 100,000. So it's a huge university, right? Um, but th because of that, that club represents the middle class, the educated, the intellectuals, and um, they have the the colors borrowed. I, I think it's from Duke University in the United States. So there's a little, little bit of a link with that. So if that's your thing, 
then maybe that's your team, right? If you find yourself kind of associated to that, they're a little bit in the outskirts of the city, they're on the campus of the university playing in the old Olympic Stadium. Um, so if if you like that and you like success, because yes, they're not great right now, but traditionally they always have been a very good team. So that's that's something for you. And then, of course, there's Club America, right, Bryce? The maybe um, self-declared biggest team in Mexican football alongside Chivas. Yeah, and th that's it. I mean, it's they've they've always had a great kit. I'll give them that. They've got a, a fantastic stadium. They've got a massive uh, fan base. Uh, one of the most well-known teams, not just in Mexico but in North America, maybe the the world actually. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always always have a bit of money to spend. They've got a lively coach, but I, I always feel and I don't know about. Uh, you, Manu, um, when, when it comes to saying uh, who you should support in the league, it's, it's a very tricky question. It, it's all about serving up what the, the club has obviously uh, stood for in the past or, or where they've come from or a bit of a story behind them. And America, I'm sure there are plenty of stories out there, but I always feel that you're cheating a little bit if you pick one of the, uh, the big boys, one of the uh, main players. I mean, we're looking at America, and if we then were to look at Monterey, I know they're not in Mexico uh city side but uh it almost feels a bit too easy to support them uh, uh and that would probably go for uh tigres as well if if you know what i'm if you know what i'm trying to say it's uh, mm. it's nice to go for one of the sides that's uh, a little bit of an outsider i feel yeah but plenty uh, of foreigners support manchester united even though they've never been to manchester at least club america is in mexico so if you are at home right, in mexico right. and you want to go to home games at the azteca you know, the only stadium in the world that has hosted two World Cup finals. That's, I I can I can see why that would attract certain people. No, most certainly. I, I think there's. I think every team uh, has its uh, attraction. But matter if we were to suggest, um, obviously, uh, this guy is moving to uh, Mexico City, and we, we've kind of uh, covered those uh, three teams out. Which side would you or suggest uh, or side, that's fine um, maybe outside Mexico City is there any other options that you would go well actually I kind of like the story behind this team or that team or, or just, well, what reason would you have yeah I like um, I, I, because I play with someone who um, is Mexican and uh, he's a Nicaxa fan so I read up a little bit on Necaxa and didn't know that much about them. They're 94 years old. They used to actually play in Mexico, Mexico City. They don't anymore. They play a little bit further out um, at the Estadio Victoria, um, out in the outskirts of Mexico City. Well, actually, it's a, it's a different city, Aquas uh, Galantes, uh, outside of Mexico City. But it's in the vicinity. You know, you can reach it from Mexico City. And um, they go, their foundation... Um, goes actually further back. They were founded by an Englishman, right? Um, August 1923. And they were part of a light and power company. And, uh, you know, they were kind of like the sponsorship and they were reestablished and re-founded and they went bankrupt a couple of times, demoted, um, recently went back up into the first division. But, you know, they have a lot of history, like really rich history, and um, won three Liga MX titles, although none since 1998. Um, but there's, there's, you know, really fascinating. I actually only found them more or less by accident. 
because there is um, a Mexican player by the name of Hernandez, and I don't mean I don't mean Harvest. I mean Hernandez, and I saw a video of him, and he scored like the most amazing goals ever. And uh, so that's a side really worth checking out because it's it's a bit different. Um, I also have a German connection. Actually, a former 1860 coach Uwe Wolf played for them. So if you support 1860, I know there's a lot of you out there. Um, that's a good reason. So that would be one that I would pick. I don't know. Who would you pick, Bryce? I mean, that's that's a good question. Has to be can't well, be too far away from Mexico City, right? So someone like Pachuca, maybe. Well, so, I mean, there, there's plenty of teams, isn't there? Um, you're saying about uh, Nakaxa uh, being stirred up by an, an Englishman. That, that's happened uh, with quite a few of the clubs uh, I've actually found uh, when researching uh, articles before. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it may be um, less obvious and a, more of a rival team. And I just said I don't like to point to maybe the, the bigger sides with a bit more money and that. But uh, I always love the Monterey story, uh, the Monterey startup story. I mean, um, we're looking into this um, earlier in the year uh, and reading up about the different uh, Liga MX sides. They, um, they were established uh, doing very well um, in their first few years. And then they were involved in a uh, large uh, bus accident, a coach accident, it more or less uh, wiped out the uh, entire team, killed them all, and um, then, then the rest of the uh, the rest of the teams in the league had to uh, lend them players to compete, but uh, it didn't go well, they started getting hammered, uh, and then they actually decided to fold for a few years and then came back, and it was, um, it was, it's was it been a very successful time for them since then, and I think that's a great story, um, but yeah, they're, they're one of the more... Uh, the richer sides, and I suppose it's going to be the Mexico City uh, rival side. So uh, that's maybe not a good option in that uh, sense. Um, I would have loved if uh, Lubos had have continued to be um, strong, but they've uh, kind of fallen off a little bit, which again we'll talk about a little bit. Your university side, first year in the league. Uh, I think there's a, there's a lot to appreciate there. Atlas, we, we kind of talked, uh, I know they're, um, further away, e- even, but um, well, we can kind of mention that you know they've they've played a lot of good football. They've brought a lot of uh, talent uh, through over the years, uh, but and then they haven't won a, a title since the 1950s. So I'm I'm sure when that happens, because it it's got to happen at some stage, you would imagine. Um, you you'd imagine that's going to be a, a hell of a cause uh, for celebration. So I, I'm always kind of rooting slightly for them. Uh, you could always uh, support Cruz Azul, but um, they've had a well a tough time over the last few years. But I suppose a rival to America over the years has been Chivas, and they're unique in the way that they only play Mexican uh, national or. You know, national uh, nationality players. So, um, I mean, the, there's a lot to love about that. So, I don't know. We've kind of opened it up and said, okay, here's here's nearly every team in the league that you could support. Yeah, um, you know, I, you know, Bryce. I think you just need to to go to the three stadiums yes. in Mexico City and just sense it, feel it. I I there's- think that's it. I think it's normally um, say your first live game that you go yeah. to, you end up going, I really like this, or. You see a game that you you enjoy, or or there's some type of connection, right? Yeah, there's exactly. there's something that draw, drives you. And um, I I suppose when I went to uh, my first ever Bundesliga game, it, it was Cologne at home, and we all know um just uh, if you're into German football, uh, just how uh, great the support is at home uh, for Cologne. So you know that that will always uh, play. A, you know, I'll always have a little bit of a soft spot for them in that way. 
Uh, so yeah, I think he's just got to go and uh, witness it, really, hasn't he? Mm. But um, that's, that's, that's our, our suggestion, yeah. right? Our suggestion <laughs> our, is go to go, go to the Azteca, go to the Azteca first, watch a game there, um, then go to the Benito Juarez, the Estadio Azul, um, the, go and watch a game there, and then go out to the Olympic Stadium um, and watch a game there. And then see yeah. see how it feels, and, uh, and you know you know what like if there's uh, other suggestions, other teams that we haven't mentioned, which there's probably not many now, uh, but uh, and reasons for it, let us know on Twitter as well. You know, uh, we're always on Twitter, and we'd like to hear from you all. Um, but yeah, let's um, <laughs> let's talk about we've talked about football teams and their have a feeling that this is something that, um, well, sides would like to maybe forget about it in the Atlas versus the Tigres game that we, we talked uh, last week, didn't we, with uh, Jason uh, on the show that uh, that could be quite an exciting game and we'd, we'd see how it go, even though we didn't predict Atlas to win. And it didn't go ahead whatsoever. Uh, I mean, have, have you ever heard anything like this, Manu? They've, they've put up a, a screen, a new screen above the pitch, but they've, they've left it so low that the game got canned off yeah I mean, it's unbelievable it's pretty funny there's some uh this is the the estadio jalisco in uh, guadalajara uh the home ground for both atlas and chivas and when you look at the social media and Aul guzman the the tigers uh, midfielder he he tweeted out a few pictures and showing how low it really is and it, it looks very low <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well he's taking the piss that he's he's almost pushing it back up or lifting it yeah it's low. pretty funny um uh, yeah the, 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 the entire thing was supposed to be unveiled in mid-august but it was pushed back until friday and i guess it's just they decided it wasn't safe to play and i guess you know when you look at it i i, I can understand why it's uh definitely way too low and this is you know, I, I wonder, could this entire thing fall down? And um, it's not only the thing falling down, but you have to understand that, you know, it, it, you, will hit the, you will hit this thing. It will interfere with the game of play. I, I can just see when you when you see how low it is. Go on Twitter and check it out. It's uh, hashtag Vamos Tigers. Um, nothing to Vamos here. It was, it was just um, a bit of a disaster. And it's funny that I, Guzman I they tweeted it out, right? Because Guzman is their keeper, and I guess every one of his goal kicks would have probably hit the thing. And uh, yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> it's absolutely bizarre. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but I'm I'm, I'm hearing a lot of reports that you know, just how badly the whole thing was uh, handled. That. Uh, there was press in the ground hadn't been told. Then there was a press conference uh, just uh, just before kickoff was meant. Um, I mean, most of them didn't even know or aware. I mean, there was there was no messages put out on social media or anything until practically the game was to be underway, and that actually it was uh, the fans in the ground heard about it first when police started escorting them out of the ground, uh, telling them why. Uh, so I, I'm really quite disappointed by Atlas, uh, in this point of view. I mean, we, we've spoke, um, quite a bit, haven't we, uh, this week, Manu? Um, not so much on podcasts, but, uh, you know, as, uh, as a group, you know, about, uh, some clubs, maybe not, uh, 
managing themselves uh, as well as they possibly could do. And that this is just another example of this, um, that them not letting anyone know. I mean, surely if surely somebody knew that this was a possibility or that it was going to be too low and possibly get cancelled. But but maybe um maybe Atlas with their form that they've been in and I'm playing a you know a Tigris side full of uh, internationals. Maybe them playing after I believe it's it's going to be rescheduled in November, but straight after a, an international break, maybe. That's not a bad thing for Atlas, really, you know, to you're having these players come off the back of uh, long flights and whatnot, because we know that they've got French players, right? You know, they're going to have to spend quite a while on a plane, and they've got other nationalities, and maybe that will be a better time to play them, and maybe Atlas's form will have picked up. Yeah, and you know what? Liga MX is the only league uh, in the world, maybe, where you uh, don't play a game and you actually leave the relegation zone, um, <laughs> because... Yeah, very true. Actually, that, that's a that's a very good point. And I obviously knew uh, that they had uh, crawled out of the uh, relegation zone, but uh, yeah, I hadn't even put uh, those words together. That's quite quite extraordinary, really. Um, yeah, I just, do. Do you think the uh, the announcement? I mean, we don't want to we go definite, but do you think that there's a possibility that Atlas? Um, possibly delayed the announcement of this as long as they possibly could so or some type of tactic like that or do you think that they they, they couldn't possibly do that yeah they, they share the stadium though right with uh, Chivas uh, what they used to at least um, yeah I don't think so Bryce I don't know it's, it's, it's such a funny circumstance. Uh, the Estadi Jalisco, you know, one of two stadiums, of course, the Chivas now have their own facility, uh, in this, in that, in that city. And, um, it's funny because you, you would think, uh, that, that this wouldn't happen. And, uh, it's all part of this major renovation that the stadium is currently undergoing. It's, they wanted to have the screen and they're renovating all, the facilities and everything. And I mean, Atlas, um, we've talked about many times how their club sort of trying to reinvent themselves. They've been, they had a bad, um, few match days now, but you know, they started the season very well and they were a bit unfortunate with the Rafa Marquez incident and all that. But I don't know. That, that sounds, I don't, I can't see to go through the lengths of, uh, you know, trying to put up, a screen and hanging it too low so that you avoid playing Tigris. Um, well, well, maybe not day. that they that they would have uh, put the screen up uh, and too low just purposely to uh, boycott the game, uh, but more that they would have delayed the announcement of it as, as long as they possibly could or inspection of it, um, just to to kind of uh, get it cancelled uh, last minute so that they they wouldn't have to uh, to feel that. I mean if. It's probably a little extreme, I would, I would imagine, but I, I am a little mm. bit surprised that they weren't just awarded three points, um, Tigris, you know, for. Well, there is a few suspicious things there, Bryce, mm-hmm. actually, when you read some of the statements, because the Huadalara municipal government tweeted that the decision has been made by Atlas. And the Mexican Federation and the officials indicating that the height of the screen was problematic. But problematic doesn't mean it couldn't go ahead. Um, 
And then Atlas suggested that there was a problem with the machine that was supposed to lift the screen. Um, well, so maybe a few, a few fishy <laughs> comments there. Uh, um, I, I I wonder. I, I just wonder whether a proposed date was there you know, for reschedule was announced, and they thought, "Oh, I will take that actually rather than they playing." They could them. still get um, sanctions know. for this. Um, apparently, Article 60 of Liga MX rules um, that the, the plenary commission decides whether a game was suspended because of forces out of the club's control or not. If it rules that it was down to the club, in this case Atlas, they could be sanctioned. Yeah, which which I'm not surprised about at all. Um, I mean, we obviously say that you know, Tigres may may be the losers in in this uh, in this situation, but actually, uh, Lobos. Uh, could be the losers as well. I mean, as we said, uh, Lobos, uh, you know, moved down uh, into that relegation spot, so they they come last after uh, they lost this weekend, which we'll talk a little bit closer about uh, to Morelia three one. And yeah, they've they've not won in is it four games now? I mean, mm. five games maybe. I mean, it's things things are looking pretty br- grim for them after such a bright start, and surely they've got to be unhappy about this. I w- I would say. Probably, uh, like some Vera Cruz, probably not entirely happy about this because even we, we, we talked that, you know, with Jason last week, didn't we? The three of us saying that we reckoned that Atlas would pull things together and things would improve, but we just, none of us seen them getting even a point in this game. Uh, whether they'll lose to them in the future, quite possibly, but quite possibly they will in November. But, um, mm. uh, the fact that the club have, uh, made the decision to can this one. It, it's all a little bit fishy, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did get uh, sanctioned for it, really. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one and see what they decide. Um, I guess that will come down at some point this week, so we'll keep that one, keep an eye on that one, I would say. Yeah, that's it. That will come down. Hopefully not the screen will come down. Uh, but, um, yeah, obviously um, on a... Uh, a st- Sadder note, uh, there was a, an earthquake, wasn't there, Manu, um, off uh, the coast of Mexico uh, this uh, this last week. And unfortunately, uh, 15 people, um, well, they, they died, which is uh, awful news. Um, the football still went ahead uh, in Liga MX. There was a, a minute's uh, silence uh, before each of the games. Um, I mean, this... Um, this didn't impact any of the stadiums, which was uh, good news. And we're just glad that nobody else... Um, was uh, killed in the incident, but um, uh, Manu, this is horrible. Were you, were you surprised that the games went on, or um, because of the impact um, not being as as drastic as uh, you know, to the stadiums as what it could have been? Uh, you're lesser surprised. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that, but um, Mexico is no stranger to earthquakes. Um, you know, the entire Pacific coast isn't. I mean, we we spoke before the part about. Um, where I live is I live I live on an earthquake zone and we have earthquakes here regularly. Um, just a couple of months ago, we had a five point something, and it shakes, you know. Um, and anything above seven is usually considered quite strong, and this was an eight point two. And Mexico City had an eight point zero um, in nineteen eighty five. That killed a lot of people. Um, one of the most deadly earthquakes in the history. Um, 
there were they believed between five and forty-five thousand people died, and the reason is the numbers are so varying is because you know um, registration, etc. Thirty thousand people were injured back in nineteen eighty-five. So this was an eight point zero. This one was an eight point two. So it was stronger. It was um, off the coast of Chiapas, and most of the people that died died in in Chiapas. And um, games even there went ahead. And the reason why the, this earthquake wasn't as bad as the one in terms of damage and the death toll was because the, the Mexican government was very good about bringing in higher construction standards to protect people from earthquakes. So everyone here around on the West Coast that goes from, from Victoria down up to Anchorage and down to San Francisco, L.A., we all have very high earthquake standards in construction. Um, so that that minimizes the, the death toll and the and you, you know all the stadiums were considered safe. So you know if the stadiums are safe and um, there is there is no problem with going ahead with games, I, I you know it's it, this 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 is horrible. But life has to go on, and I think the best way to deal with a natural catastrophe is football. Football is supposed to distract us from bad things. You know I think. This is different than, remember, after 9-11, games got canceled. That's different. You know, there's there's a different feel to a natural disaster than to a terrorist attack. So I think it was good that the games went ahead, personally. And I think that's a, a good way that we're we trying to move on, reconstruct, and give people something to focus on um, in times that, you know, are difficult. You know, earthquake is a shattering experience you know you you feel very helpless uh in the, in the moments when it happens and because you you're on 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 a moving object you know and everything around you moves and so i i can i i just think it's the best way to just move forward yeah that's uh, um, i mean uh, as you said football is a distraction there are bigger things in life sure but you know the reason that so much of us uh, love football is that you know, it's something we can all get into and we all enjoy watching it and it, there's so much joyous occasions from it. So um, I hope that uh, with all the uh, all the horrors that happened uh, over the uh, week uh, with uh, the earthquakes, I hope that um, plenty of you still managed to get um, some joy out of the football that was happening as a little bit of a distraction from all that. But um, let, let's talk about the football. Let's move away from uh, a rather morbid subject. Um well, let's let's start talking with uh, your side, Manu, uh, in uh, Pumas. I thought um, you didn't want to talk about anything morbid. <laughs> oh yeah, I know it. Well, that's that's four games lost, not or four games in a row. Nice lose, and yeah, things just look grim again against uh, Tijuana, didn't they? I mean, it finished two 0 and I suppose the second goal, you know. Well, they raised up the pitch, didn't they, uh, Mendoza? And he, he, he put it into an open net, you know, when uh, Pumas were, were really trying to uh, stop the rot, as we described it a few weeks ago, uh, and uh, actually get a point out of it uh, by sending a goalkeeper up. And, yeah, they, they ended up uh, having to pay for it. Um, Manu, when, when's it going to stop? I mean, uh, when's this going to change for Pumas? Do, do you reckon that uh, they need to get a new coach in? They need to invest? Um, do you reckon that, yeah, just... Um, well, they just got to rule this uh, campaign out, really. Yeah, some I, I, it feels like that because there's not much you can do on the transfer market at this point. And there is some indication that things are getting better, Bryce. Uh, 61% ball possession, total shots was 13 to 11. Uh, it's the shots on targets, though, right? Uh, that was 2 to 4 for Tijuana. And... Um, 
passes and pass accuracy and uh, they, you know there's 476 passes to 293 passes for Puma and uh, Pumas had 81% pass accuracy but it's it just wasn't there you know and that's again I, I, I think it's just when you shut down Nico Casillo then uh, there's not much happening for that side and that's something that needs to be worked on but it's not much you can do about it now I think they just need to get through this campaign somehow and restructure in the winter Yeah, well, what do we say about um, Tijuana then? It's, well, they're looking pretty positive, and especially with Bo, that's a five and five for him. Yeah, I mean, good signing, you know. I remember when we talked about Tijuana and how grim everything was for them? That's definitely turned around quite a bit, hasn't it? And um, they have made some really fascinating signings. When you look, look at that team now, the team that they fielded, um, or the likes of Bowen, Iturbe up front and midfield with uh, Musto and Corona and Malcora and the defensive line, uh, three in the back with the, the two wing backs and yeah, that side is, is looking pretty good now. I mean, Tijuana now, and they're now third. Remember that poor yeah. start that they had? That seems like a, ages ago now. So That you know, really does, doesn't it? Things seem to be clicking into place for them. I mean, yeah. for four wins and points. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's looking pretty positive for them at the moment. Um, I, I, I think they've, uh, well, they've pulled it together to, to now become one of the, uh, the contenders, you'd probably say, mm-hmm. you know, you know, for the title. I mean, let's just see. I mean, they've got a big game, uh, this coming week, though. A really big game. Yes, they're at home, but they've got Club America. That's gonna that's gonna be a really oh. good one. That might be one of the games of the, the weekend actually. Yeah, that that will be, definitely. Yeah, so we've obviously covered that one, but um I I, I think it's gonna be hard to to ignore uh, Monterey. I mean if if we look at Monterey, we we've talked now for weeks it seems that um obviously things are going very well for them. They've got a hell of a lot of firepower up there. Eight games Four goals conceded only, so they've, they've they've even had it tight at the back all season. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean that's that's twenty points. The most uh, amount of points that have ever been scored in a campaign is forty. So they're they're on course. Yeah, there's still a long way to go, but they're on course to be record breakers. And they managed to uh, do it with a one nil win over Nakaxa. Uh, Monterey are the side to beat at the moment, uh, Manu, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I actually, you know, Nikatsa, we don't often talk about Nikatsa. Maybe that's something we should focus on a little bit next week because they're a good side. You know, um, they're eighth right now, uh, but it's such a tight table. You know, third and eighth are only separated by one point. So, you know, they are in that pack of teams that are definitely going to challenge for the Liguela. And it's it's a side that we we have ignored often. Um, everyone else seems to do the same. But it's a very historic team as well. And, you know, it's, it wasn't easy for um, Monterey to beat them. I mean, you look at some of the statistics, yes, they outshot them. But it was overall, it was a pretty even game. And, you know, Nikaks actually had the majority of the ball. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that they, you know, Monterey, they just get the results that they need. And um, even even though the goal, you know, did you see the goal? I think that was something for me where I would have liked to see VAR 
Um, a little bit of a controversy controversy there, but I mean overall, I think you know Monterey looked good for their money, and I'll, I'll be massively surprised if they don't win it this year. Yeah, I'll I'll be very surprised as well. We we obviously talk about Club America looking good. Uh, Tijuana obviously uh, looking very good. Tigres are never going to go away, are they? You know they're they're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, they 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 just haven't really gone far wrong. I mean, this is one of the closest uh, games they've had. Um, I feel you know one of the challenging games. But you know we we always say, don't we, that you know. Sometimes you have to win one nil, you know, as champions, you know, and, and you know you, you can't be winning like a four nil, three nil, two nil every game. And yeah, fair play to Nakaxa. Um, we we did we we yes we haven't spoke about them enough this this year, but we did say um, at the start of the season that they had made a few signings that we we thought that they might have a pretty promising year, and and they 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 certainly have so far. I mean, them getting to Lugia, they. They're going to be happy about that, you know. It's 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 good times for them, especially when, you know, they've they've only been up a, a few seasons. They've been um, up two years now, and yeah, I mean, as we see with uh, Lubos, that it's very difficult for the teams to get promoted, uh, to come up, really hit the ground running, and and stay up. And they're doing okay. I mean, you, you, if we look at the relegation table, obviously you take the eighteen teams. They're sitting in eleventh. You know, so they're in a pretty good position. They've they've got quite a few teams below them. I know things can change quickly, but uh, you know, the, if they keep this up um, for another year, yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be well clear from uh, any relegation uh, threats. You know, so um, yeah, Nakaxa, I, I think it's it's finally starting to shift that you know they're not a side that are in Liga MX um, and looking below them. But they're all, they're starting to almost have the confidence to look above them now, you know, in the table, which is good. Maybe it's early days for me to say that, but I think they've they've turned a corner, uh, you know, in in these uh, last eight games, and yeah, think things are positive. If you're a Nakaxa fan, I, I I think it's it's good times. Yeah, I would go along with that. I, I play football with uh, my. If he's listening, Gus, hey, how's it going? Um, and he's, he's a Nikaxa fan. And when I asked him the first time who he supports, he kind of laughed and he said, Nikaxa. And I guess he expected I didn't know who they were, but I, I surprised him. I actually knew quite a bit about them. Um, but yeah, so I, I know he, he would come with a massive smile on every, every Sunday when we play together. Uh, so vamos Nikaxa, keep it up. Uh, yeah, I must say the first time I heard of the uh, Caxa was in uh, the uh, was it the World Club Cup when Manchester United were playing uh, years ago. That I think Beckham was uh, in that side. Uh, so it's so, a so quite a few years ago. I think I yeah. believe that was. You could be right, and obviously at the time I was like, "There's a, there's some guy," and I, I still don't know what his name was. Um, again, you can tweet in and let us know. But he had this. Uh, Yellow hair, almost, or, or very, very bright blonde, with uh, what looked like a lightning bolt through it um, in red, and he scored a free kick against them. Uh, I think the game won or finished one all. So that was my first experience from them, and I knew little or nothing about Mexican football. But uh, I suppose now it makes more sense that they are known as the Thunderbolts or the Electricians. So uh, that would explain the uh, Thunderbolt in his hair. Where is he now, or who is he? 
I couldn't tell you. Uh, but um, let's talk about uh, Club America. Well, we touched on them uh, earlier, obviously, uh, one of the biggest uh, supported teams, if not the biggest. And yeah, things are still looking impressive for them as well. They absolutely took uh, Veracruz apart this weekend. They're sitting a second in the table. Uh, four points behind Monterey, but yeah, they look as they often do. Um, good for Ligia as well. Uh, Manu, would you agree that they're one of the teams to beat? Probably Monterey, America, Tigres, maybe starting to become Tijuana as well. Uh, the, mm. the teams to, to, um, to really, uh, battle it out there. Well, America, you know, second right now and, yeah, they're looking. They're looking good. I mean, this this game in particular, they look they look really good. Uh, Miguel Herrera is is fine tuning them, and um, we were kind of wondering if you know there may be a little bit of a rebuild year for them. But they, he hit the ground running with them, and I I expect um, Veracruz is not a pushover this season at all. You know, we we talked about how. Um, they, they looked a lot better um, starting the season than they have for many years now. They're still in that relegation zone, so they have to watch it, right? But um, they still look look very good. And um, when you when you look at the way they, they won this game, I thought Romero was very good. Peralta was good. Um, Aguilar was very good. So overall, it's just a... Very convincing performance by them, and um, I suspect, I suspect that Club America will keep this up simply because of who they are and what they represent. And yeah, I mean, it's hard, hard when they once they're in the Liguella to go and say, you know, they're not going to win it. They, they're definitely going to be one of the the teams, you know, that will challenge the likes of Monterey. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely be a one of the teams to beat, and. Yeah, you're just right in saying that uh, Romero had a fantastic game. He scored both the goals in a, in the two 0 victory. That that first one was uh, yeah, was, was, well controlled very well. He, he kind of turned back left onto his uh, you know, onto his left uh, peg, and yeah, the the defender well book him a taxi. He was going into town or somewhere. I don't know where he was going, um, but um, yeah, v- very promising for Herrera and his men. And yeah, once again into Legia. I I would not fancy coming up against them or Monterey uh, at the moment. Um, a showdown between the two uh, would be very exciting, wouldn't it? As it always is. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to the next. Well, try and get through by the way, there. Bryce, that that Romero goal. Um, you know, our friends, our friend Cesar Hernandez. He has a block at Soccer Nation, and he has it down as the goal of the week. I would go along with that. So go mm-hmm. go over to Soccer Nation and, and check it out. There's there's a video of it, and fantastic goal by Romero. Yeah, that's it. I know. Says uh, are very good at um, putting up uh, the different highlights and, and uh, some very uh, interesting, uh, well, uh, t- topics and summaries uh, of the games there. So yeah, if, if you uh, if you miss anything, it's a good way to get caught up. May I say? Uh, but uh, oh, I suppose uh, we're going to move on to the next game, but. Uh, Cruz Azul, uh, Puebla. Well, another draw for Cruz Azul. I, I don't think there's, uh, there's too much to, uh, to really talk about in, in the game at all. But, um, 
it, it's not a loss. You know, they're still unbeaten, uh, them and Monterey. I'm sure our Cruzul, uh and their fans would like to be uh, picking up a few more points in some of those draws into wins, but... Uh, they're still they're still seventh. They're clinging on to that uh, Legia spot, and yeah, Manny, you described them as well. The for any uh, German listeners, the Hoffenheim of Liga MX. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Hoffenheim uh, had a fantastic uh, year last year. They almost uh, relegate the year before. Uh, Julian Nagelsmann, uh, young coach, he, he managed to uh, well raise spirits and. You know they they punch well above their weight, but they were the last team in the top five uh, leagues in Europe last year. Um, it came down to them and Real Madrid, but the last team to actually be beat. But they did draw quite a few games, didn't they? Mm. And it, this is happening with uh, Cruz Azul now as well. Yeah, and you know what? But the way Mexican football is structured, this is actually a good thing for them because they'll with the with the points that they're collecting right now, they're on course for the Liguilla. And they're drawing away and they're winning at home. And that's the kind of performances that you want in the playoffs, you know, in a home and away. That's, that's, that's ideal. That's exactly how you want to play. And that's the kind of structure of play that, that gives you success in a league like the Liga MX because, um, consistently getting the points gets you into the playoffs. You know, finishing first doesn't necessarily get you anything. Um, it only gets you to play against the eighth place team. Which doesn't necessarily mean anything either. You know, you look at the likes of Holos um, that have done that many times and still haven't won a title in quite a few years. So, you know, you want to, at this point, Cruz Azul just want to get into Liguela. And um, I think the way they're playing and just collecting points like a little hamster, that's exactly the way you want to do it. So that's why I kind of described it as Hoffenheim. Remember, Hoffenheim did the same thing. They didn't, Hoffenheim didn't lose many games last season and they tied a lot. And we almost identified it as a weakness, but in the end, it was a top four spot. And I, I'm pretty sure Cruz Azul fans would take that at the moment. Well, that said, Hoffenheim were very close to getting into the Champions League, weren't they? And, you know, that just goes to show you, you know, um, you know, if you uh, manage to, uh, well, you always talk about, uh, you know, if, if you manage to win your home games or t- try and take as maximum points as you possibly can, obviously, uh, and draw your way once, well, you know, you're, you're probably going to end the season quite well. I think they just uh, hope for a, a few more wins to come their way. But, um, yeah, I, I think um, compared to other seasons, I think they'd be uh, quite happy with the way uh, things have been going. They've got Santos Laguna next at home. I think they'll be uh, doing their best to uh, try and pick up a win there. Santos are sitting down in 14th. Um, let's talk about uh, Lugos. Obviously, we were very excited um, about them at the start of the season, weren't we? Uh, they got promoted. Uh, we said, oh, they're going to struggle. They're really going to struggle. It's going to be difficult for them. They brought in a little bit of experience uh, with the transfers that they brought in. But, um, yeah, after three very... Um, exciting opening games things have turned a little sour for them and uh, uh, this week we've seen them at home to uh, Morelia and Morelia just uh, well, I, I don't know I, I still can't decide whether Morelia took them apart or whether Lubos were that bad uh, I mean the first goal for anyone that hasn't seen it check that out it was just a mess at the back uh, Manu obviously the the bubble has burst uh, to a degree for them Uh do you see them uh, pulling this around at all, or do you think they've, they've finally ran out of a bit of steam here? 
Um, yeah, maybe. They're now last in that relegation table, and uh, I'm just rewatching those goals on uh, go check them out online. And the, the pitch was horrible. I mean, they pretty much flooded, right? Are you uh, sure that wasn't just the stream you were watching? No, all? no, I, I found an HD. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it looks pretty bad. Oh wow! When you look close, you can actually see like the patches. Oh yeah, it's just that's horrible, but. There's been some concerns about Lobos in general, right? And that Liga MX wasn't too happy about the, the, the promoted promotion and the whole television deal disaster. And then there's some question marks about them being able to pay wages. And um, it, they even have no question the entire concept of promotion and relegation in general. I, I hope that's not going to be the case because I'm, I'm a big fan of promotion and relegation. I would never, ever, ever get rid of it. And I, I think that Liga MX needs it. I think Liga MX is already making a mistake. What is it limited to eight sides for next season? Um, so that's, I hope that's not going to be the case. But yeah, Lobos need to turn things around quick, real quick. Because the, the bubble has definitely burst. That, that game against Morelia was, uh, wasn't just a disappointment. But if you're a Lobos fan, that was a slap in the face. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Lobos did have more possession, did have more shots. But um, they they just they looked poor. And Morelia will be uh, very glad that they uh, came up against them on, on this occasion at the, this stage of the season. Because they... They're really struggling. Uh, they're, they're talking about uh, relegation uh, battles. And obviously, uh, them struggling and then dropping down into that bottom position. They're actually away to Veracruz this week. And I think Veracruz are going to be rubbing their hands together and quite happy about that one. Uh, we'll just hope for, for Lobos, um, that they can pull things around, but. I don't see it happening, if I'm honest, this week. Uh, for Morelia, they're going to be at home to Tigres. Uh, Tigres are going to be well-rested, as you know. Mm. Uh, but uh, that's going to be a big ask, as always. It always is uh, playing the superstars of uh, Tigres. Um, Manu, let's talk about another side that really struggled at uh, the start of the season. Uh, that was uh, that was Chivas. Uh, Chivas really didn't start well um, reigning champions. But th- things have turned around a little bit. A little bit for them. I mean, they've, they've finally got a win. First win of the season. Uh, they looked really good, might I say, against uh, Pachuca. Um, I, I felt that there was very little Pachuca could actually do. Uh, but they drew two games before that. So, yes, they've started to pick up a few points. Um, they've maybe just, uh, maybe it's a bit early to say, maybe they have turned a corner here. But I think there was definitely questions uh, about Pachuca in that... Well, Honda, uh, I mean, he, he traveled for, so I read somewhere that he traveled for 60 hours just to play 45 minutes in international, uh, mm. 60, uh, 60 hours there and back. And then he started this game. It was, it was an odd choice for me as well. So, um, as much Chivas were very good, uh, Manu, uh, and they may have turned a corner. Uh, Pachuca were also, there was some questionable decisions there. Yeah, don't, I, I'm sure club coaches just love it. When their international stars get called up halfway around the planet and then don't even play, you know, um, flying is not exactly the best preparation for for a game. So um, something to think about if you Japanese national team coach, I guess. But yeah, Chivas finally gets three points. Um, that brings them to eight, and 
within a shout of the the playoffs, I guess, which is at this stage, I guess, what they want to reach. Still nine games to the playoffs. So, you know, the four points behind nine games, that seems enough, especially in this league, you know, where everyone can bait everyone and people, clubs drop points all over the place. I think there's still enough time to do it. Um, and it it looked convincing against Pachuca. Although Pachuca, that first goal um, was a bit of a clown act, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was just horror defending, wasn't it? I mean, it, yeah, it was just a mess, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, but uh, Pachuca as well, I mean, uh, obviously we're talking about coaches being uh, frustrated, you know, about the stars being whisked away and then maybe not, not even used or used very little. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Pachuca played a, a 17-year-old, you know, up top uh, in this game, which, um, you know, Roberto... Delarosa, we, we, we've heard plenty about uh, how, like, youth level he's uh, scored many goals and, you know, he, you know, and he's certainly a bright uh, talent for the future, but 17 going into this game, you know, against Chivas, um, you know, up front uh, on your lonesome, that, that's a big ass as well, and, you know, it's, I, but I, I thought it was rather questionable. So I, I think while the defending was questionable, I think also some of the player choices was as, as well. And and Chivas took absolutely uh, full advantage of that. Yeah, three goals in the first thirty-five minutes for Chivas. I think that that says it all. And um, yeah. Um, Manu, would you would you say about uh, Pachuca? Um, we obviously know that they've got um, a lot of quality in in their side as well. But Pachuca have got the World Club uh, Cup uh, coming up. Is it is, is it going to be on playing on their mind? Do you do you think that maybe uh, you know them them not putting out you know uh, the best of sides or playing to their full capacity? Do you think that's possible because of the World Club Cup? Wow, that would be uh, quite a long shot. <laughs> because that's still so many months away, right? Um, that takes place in December. And but then I suppose if you get so deep in the Ligia, you know. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of reasons why they, they're just not really heading forward. We've talked about uh, Chivas quite a lot and how things haven't been working for them. But Chuka just, um, yeah, they're higher up in the table, but... The things it's, they've, they've been questionable at times. Even when they've been winning, they they haven't looked as good as what's you know, as, I suppose as you would predict. Mm. No, I mean we predicted Pachuca would do better, and um, that is on back on the back of that Concacaf Champions League title. We all we all kind of thought you know that their last season wasn't the the, the closure wasn't good because they focused on the Champions League instead, but. I mean, that excuse is over. The Champions League doesn't kick off here in North America until the spring uh, for the big sides. So something to keep an eye on. I mean, it, we're still early, right, Bryce? It's um, it's still early days. It is, yeah. it's, it's early days enough. Um, you know, Pachuca 11th with nine points out of eight games. That doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, eighth place. And again, Liga MX is so different than the European leagues because the top eight finish gets you in the Liguela and gives you a shot to win the championship. So, you know, you look at Tigers, for example, last season, slipped into the playoffs on the last match of the season and still reached the final. 
that's that's yeah. really it you know that's that's why you have that's all to, it takes you have to you have to just take the, the sometimes you have to take the regular season a little bit of grain of salt and just um look at the big picture but yeah i mean I, the, you look at those three goals and i just watched them again uh, while we were chatting and it's 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 fun I mean, it was funny you know those those that's not world class defending and um if they god forbid they they do draw real madrid in that i, I guess they have to go through that preliminary preliminary round first and then uh, i think there's a chance that they could face real madrid in the semi final of the the world club cup uh, real madrid will have a field day with them absolutely smash them if they defend like this so um, there is a lot of work to be done. Yeah, most certainly. I think uh, Real Madrid would, uh, would, yeah, would enjoy that tie. Uh, but um, yeah, a long way off in the, uh, the league campaign and a long way off to uh, the club uh, World Cup, I think. Uh, so um, I think that more or less does it, Manu. Uh, but um, as always, let's, look at the, let's have a quick look at the fixtures next week. Uh, and see what uh, is jumping out. I mean, we've we've already mentioned one. Manu, would would you be highlighting um, well, Tijuana versus uh, Club America? Oh, that's a hot one. Not to highlight. That's the Friday night game for me too. And um, yeah, it's the three a.m. Mm-hmm. on Saturday morning, seven p.m. if you're on the on the West Coast, and ten p.m. If you're on the East Coast, so that's a pretty good one. But I mean, there's there's a few other ones. Uh, Guadalajara against uh, Pumas is an interesting one, and then uh, Bryce Saturday Monterey against Atlas. Yeah, exactly. I I think there's quite a few. Even that Veracruz Lubos game, you know that that's got uh, you know more of a motive to it than just you know maybe sides that are uh, well. You know, sitting in tenth and thirteenth, you know, because of that relegation battle, you know, that that could be a quite interesting one to finish the the weekend off. I mean, you just you you know with league MX, don't you? You know that, you know, most of the games will be entertaining for for different reasons. Hopefully, none will be called off this week, uh, especially for uh, screens or something else as as ridiculous as that. But yeah, looking at this, I mean, even I think that Leon. You know, Pachuca game could be interesting as well. So, guys, we'd love to highlight one game or two games, but I, I think I think we might be highlighting most of these ones. Um, tune in, just tune in and see what you can get hold of because there are a lot of good games. But probably Tijuana, Club America, uh, Chivas versus Pumas, or Veracruz versus uh, Lobos will be our highlights of the week. Only I think three. You no, know, Bryce, that that Sunday game. Only three. Sunday game is always good for UK. UK watches right the 10 a.m. Pacific time game is 6 6 p.m. Yeah. UK time so and it's actually an interesting one to look at Keritaro is to look at home is always fun all all the fans completely um, clothed in red the stadium is completely red and um, look out for Rodrigo Lopez who's who's been having a really good season for Toluca this year so that could be a good one to watch as well and that's that's a nice pleasing you know sunday evening game to watch i believe that's all it. the premier league games are wrapped up or, or at that time as well um so that's it the games are wrapped up as well yeah everything is over so you can just like uh tune in and watch some league mx 
That's it. Relax before a long week at war, okay? And hopefully see some gold lances. Um, but yeah, just before we go, um, guys, if, if you enjoyed the, uh, the podcast, uh, thank you. Know, obviously, firstly, thanks for tuning in, but if you could head over to iTunes, uh, and just give us, uh, a few, uh, positive comments, um, and, and give us a, a, a good rating over there. We, we would really appreciate that. It goes a long way, um, if you possibly can. Um, Apart from that, I think that more or less does it uh, for this week. Manu, um, anything apart from the millions of previews uh, that are going out over a football crowd covering every game uh, possible that you could care about, um, anything you'd like to draw people's attention to? Yeah, well, the other two podcasts, um, the Game Pressing is out. You can find that on iTunes. You can find that on iCast uh, under the Football Crowd Network. But um, tomorrow we're going to do something a bit special on Football Crowd. Uh, Tim and I were able to speak for seven minutes with Joram Ovsizian. He's an Armenian legend, Armenian national team player. He plays for Real Salt Lake over here in the United States. And he um, spent some time with us in the dressing room. We were able to chat to him. So we'll talk about Yoram of CZ and his interesting history, his background, and um, we'll have the interview on the podcast. So that will be on the Football Grad podcast, which will be likely out just after this one. Yeah, very good. And yeah, may I say, uh, definitely tune into the uh, Gag and Pressing uh, podcast, which I am also part of. That's that's going to be my plug. Uh because I, I I thought that was a fantastic one this week. We obviously preview the uh, the Champions League, the Europa League games, but also talk about uh, an excellent uh, Bundesliga weekend. So um, yeah, I'm gonna draw your attention to that one. But uh, guys, with a, a week full of football uh, right to the brim, try and check out a little bit of Liga MX if you don't already. And we really appreciate you tuning in, and we'll be back um, same time next week. Goodbye. the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.